0: Listening to Joygasm, where we chat about video games, movies, and pop culture. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster360. Sitting across from me is Steve, Xbox Live Steveavitch. And today we also have special guest, our, our good old friend Brad, Brad, on the show. As we wish you a Holly Jolly Christmas on episode 101 today, December 21st, 2018. This episode, we are uh, foregoing any kind of gaming or movie news. Instead, we're going to go right into our howdy duty time, followed by our, well, it's this week in gaming and movie anniversaries that Steve will be uh, more than happy to share with us. And then we'll go right into our topic <laughs> of the day.
1: Steve will be begrudgingly, yeah. <laughs> uh, <you know. laughs>
0: um,. And then we'll go right into our topic of the day, which is our favorite games of 2018, which we will actually be doing kind of a ranking of sorts where we'll talk about our top five games since there was so much goodness to be had, but we'll talk more about that later. At this point, I would love to be able to welcome Bradley on the show. Bradley, how are you doing?
2: Oh, I'm good, Russell. How are you? How's it going?
0: I'm good. I'm really good. I... Have been looking forward to this for some time, being able to have you on the show and in this type of uh, capacity. Oh, I'm
2: excited!
0: But no, it's it's fantastic to have you come on the show. And, and uh, for those of you out there who don't know, Bradley has been a very staunch supporter of Joygasm. He's been uh, on the Patreon page. He's really been. It's like just super in the know when it comes to all these different types of developments that are happening with games and movies. And, and so we we talk on like a daily basis, which is just, is super helpful for me just to be able to also know what's going on and, and just be able to get some sort of feedback regarding how we can improve the show, that sort of thing. So thank you, Bradley. Allow me to to thank you through the microphone. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that.
1: So, Steve. What? What is new in your (laughs) world? Well, Russ, uh, not too much. I have the uh, little lady out from uh, Canada to visit, so she'll be here for a couple weeks. But because she's out and she's not as avid as a gamer as me, Mm -hmm. I've put the games aside for the week and haven't watched much and done much play either. I've watched... The Good Dinosaur. We watched it together. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that good, decent movie. Not terrible, not great. Just uh, you know, it, it's, it's beautiful. Lacks a little bit of panache. Uh-huh. Uh Pixar panache. You know what I mean. But it still looks good. It, oh, it's gorgeous. It is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. But uh, and the story is fine and everything. It's just not up to par with with what someone would expect from Pixar. You know, it's not, you're going to be your Toy Story, you're Finding Nemo, your Bugs Life, your Monsters, Inc. Mm-hmm. I mean, Finding Nemo for me was... Yeah, that's one of the best ones, mm. in my opinion. Toy Story. Oh, love yeah. some Toy Story. Good okay. Toy Story. No, Toy Story, when's Toy Story come, 4 coming out?
0: Toy Story 4 is coming out next year, I want to say, it like, around June. Brad, do you know what, what when Toy Story 4 is coming out?
2: I believe that is a summer 2019 movie. Yeah. Oh, I
0: would guess Junish. Junish. <laughs> Not to be confused <laughs> with Jewish, just June-ish. Now, Bradley has seen, um, oh, The Good Dinosaur. That's right. I won't the that. the Bad Dinosaur. Of- the ba- The mediocre, <laughs> Yeah, bipolar the dinosaur. The kinky dinosaur. No. <laughs> there, there's another movie that came out, The Land Before Time. For some reason, every time I hear the name The Good Dinosaur, <laughs> my mind instantly, for some reason, thinks of that film, which actually, that was a pretty decent movie back in the day, the traditional it Sure was. Yeah. It was. It
2: came out in the 80s? Yeah, yeah classic movie from yeah. the 80s. I mean, that was our childhood, Land Before Time. I mean, my God, I think they ended yeah. up making like seven of those.
0: Yes, they, they they actually went on for a series for quite a while. And you, you have seen, Bradley, the good dinosaur, and you had
2: the same opinion as Steve, right? I did. Or somewhere similar? I did. I mean, I, I just, you know, Pixar is one of those companies that I have very high expectations for I you know when I go see a Pixar movie I expect my heartstrings to be pulled I expect a tear to to slowly trickle down my face and good dinosaur was fine it's just forgettable Is probably the word I would best use to describe the good dinosaur I don't think there's ever been like a bad
0: Pixar movie I would say <coughs> Cars 2 I mean Cars was well, <laughs> yeah Cars 2 probably would be uh, somewhere in the in the more of the the, the
1: bad category but mostly minus C- category
0: yeah I mean I you know honestly I didn't even see Cars 2 I saw the first Cars yeah that was that was fine that was and that okay. was okay like the for me that would have been like a C did mm-hmm. you see planes I did not see planes. Did you Sorry. see planes? No, Brad? I never
2: saw planes. That was that was actually Disney, not Pixar, though, and that was a direct-to-video um, kind of spinoff of Cars. Right? Yeah. yeah, I didn't go in the theater.
1: Yeah. Okay, so from the creators of Cars comes
2: exactly. Planes. That was that's right. I remember the advertisements yeah, for just that. Just cash grab. But uh, no, I think Cars Two is probably yeah. the only Pixar movie that I would look at and say no. That that was a bad movie just not good
0: now was there anything else that you
1: had been playing this week steve no just my typical clash of clans which now the christmas themes out oh and that's nice they give you a, like a brand new christmas tree every like update well, how nice so and i've tried to you, you can uproot the christmas tree and they give you a little bit of extra you know elixir or something for it but uh, what um, happens to the tree it goes away it's gone well well
0: do they allow you to collect the, the Christmas trees from each year?
1: No. Well, yes and no. So what they do is you know, the, you have this greenscape where you make your little headquarters, your base. And every once in a while little plants start popping up like trees, and or there'll be a log that just appears, whatever. You gotta uproot that stuff to get it out. And you, or you can keep it there, it doesn't matter. But every once in a while throughout the year they'll have a theme of sorts and they'll something else will pop up, you know, Chinese New Year, they had sure. something, whatever. But every Christmas, they have some looking, you know, decorated tree. And I have, like, five of them, like, all, all these different Christmas trees <laughs> that I want to keep because I've been playing the game for so long. So, anyway, uh, it looks it looks nice. And they have, they have snow falling in the game. I appreciate that. Kind of well, stuff. and see, I don't really play the game all that much other than the time Russ, that you introduced to all that to much? You never played the game, bro. I, Let's just I will real. have
0: you know I've played it three times. <sighs> however i I was getting at before
1: you interrupted me Steve,
0: was the fact that there was a ton of personality
1: and character in that game there is
0: i always love i can always first of all i can always tell when you're playing the game because i can hear the little sound effects and voices and stuff clash not that's clash
1: royale not clash of clans but i thought they both had the sound effects they both have the sound effects well no no. they're a little bit different Uh, clash royale has a ton more sound effects than clash of clans like you you hear all like the emotes Uh yeah exactly all that stuff. I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, for some reason, I thought they were like kind of parallel in that. Well, I mean, regard. The, this Supercell makes them both, but so they share a lot of the characters and the sounds and whatever. But uh, definitely, Clash Royale is what I play the majority of. That's what I got you playing a couple times on the show early on. Mm-hmm. And that's what you remember. Okay.
0: Well, okay. Well, Brad, what have you been up to
2: lately? What have you been playing? What have you been watching? Oh, it's been a, a slow week of work, so that's led to a lot of playing and watching. But uh, the big one was I got a chance to see Aquaman a couple uh-huh. days early through my uh, my wife's work. Um, oh, that's cool. She actually yeah. had the whole team go out? No, so her she works for a large medical group down here in San Diego, and they actually rent out movie theaters when there's a big release. So... They sold like 260 people went to uh, go see Aquaman a couple days early, all from the uh, Scripps medical group there. So it was pretty cool. It was a nice little perk of her, of her job. So how was the movie? So unfortunately I was going to say, unfortunately the bad side to that is I had to sit through Aquaman. Oh, Um, (laughs) I, I was disappointed. I didn't go in with very high expectations, but, uh, Let's just say if you think that the Phantom Menace deserved an Oscar for screenwriting, I've got a treat for you in Aquaman. Um, it, it's the the script is um, it pretty bad. The action the action is fun. There's a couple good one-liners, but uh, we all walked out of it kind of going that we expected more we'd hoped for more um yeah so you know jason momoa is amazing as aquaman he fits perfectly he's got the swagger the character you know he plays oh, yeah. it well but uh, you know the sad thing is despite all of that it is still the second best uh dc extended universe movie right behind wonder woman <laughs> so right behind wonder woman um because yeah that that dceu has uh Man, it just needs to get blown up and started over. Yes, um, totally agree. Yeah, so it's uh, it was disappointing, but uh, you know, if you want to go see a big dumb popcorn movie, um, go see Bumblebee. Apparently, it's supposed to be pretty good. It's like ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So see,
0: and what's interesting <laughs> too is that, like with Aquaman, for instance, like I all the stuff online, they're they're talking about internationally. I think it's garnered like two hundred thirty million dollars already, and then there would have been reviews coming out here in America where they have actually said it's a good movie. So I'm surprised to hear you talk about how awful it was.
2: Yeah, I I just, I didn't enjoy it. I, you know, I I expected more. I hoped for more. I think the MCU has uh, completely ruined um, other superhero movies. They just, Marvel does such a nice job with their movies. Um, So we'll see. I, I can't wait to see. Talk to you guys after you've had a chance to go see it and see what you think. Maybe uh, maybe it was just a bad night, and I, I didn't get the humor. Um,
0: well, we're, we're, but, we're planning uh, on seeing it tomorrow morning, so we'll be able to let you know pretty soon, I would say, within the next 12 to 14
2: hours. There you go. I, I don't know if you guys are big day drinkers, but I might recommend a couple shots before you go in. Maybe that'll make the movie more enjoyable. Day
1: drinkers or morning drinkers? Because we're watching it at 10 a.m. Makes me wonder. <laughs> there you
2: Okay, <laughs>
0: shots, morning shots. <laughs> if if we were watching the movie with Aquaman, what kind of wine would,
2: would we have with him? Cuz he is part. I fish. think he's uh he's a scotch guy. Scotch or whiskey. Oh,
0: yeah, I think I think I think you're correct. I think you're right on that
1: one. So
2: There you go. So that that's that's the movie from a TV standpoint, uh, actually a couple real good shows. Um just finished The Bodyguard on Netflix. No, it's not a remake of the Whitney Houston Kevin Costner. It's actually a uh, and BBC. <laughs> well, don't just stop there. We'll always
1: love you. Oh, good. I'm, I was hoping
0: <clears throat> that you were going to do the little, uh, well, I don't know what that's called when uh, the little shiver she does at the end of You. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't do that, Rose. Oh,
2: okay, so it's not that. What is a Brad? So it's actually a uh, BBC show. Um, so English show starring Rich- Richard Madden, who was in uh, Game of Thrones. He was the King of the North, Rob Stark, um, till he met his oh, okay, dastardly end. Um, so similar type premise where he's a ex military police officer who's assigned to. Protect a high-level politician, and it is fantastic. It is, uh, you know, it was recommended by a friend of mine who, who you know, actually Chris Pelfrey recommended it, yes. and I put it on. And you know, the the opening scene is basically him trying to defuse a uh, a a terrorist bomb situation on a train, and it is just your palms are sweating, and it's like, oh my god, what's going to happen? Um, really, so. It, it's fantastic. I would highly, highly recommend it. Six episodes. Each episode's about you know forty five minutes to an hour. So it's a pretty quick uh, watch through. But uh, it's good. It, it's definitely a show that I would highly recommend. Um, In terms of yeah, the it's, intensity it's
0: of the show, um, would you say that it is on par with how intense Twenty Four was? Because oh, Twenty Four think- was was super just man at the end of every what well, not even at the end of every episode but just as you're watching it you're just having heart palpitations
2: i i think it actually ramps it up from 24 i felt like 24 and don't get me wrong 24 great show good intensity but there oh, are yeah. scenes i mean the, the the opening you know train bomb scene lasts about 20 minutes and you're, you're kind of going through it step by step and you know everything that they're doing is very measured and you're watching and it's just like, okay, if one thing goes wrong, this whole thing could fall apart. So it's much more deliberate, much more paced. Um, And I think that just adds to the tension where a show like 24, you know, Jack travels from one side of LA to the other in 17 minutes and Mm defuses a nuclear bomb, saves his daughter and yells at Chloe. I know Exactly. (laughs) I live close to L.A. Nobody travels L.A. that fast. Um, I've
0: seen the digital <laughs> clock on the show. It's real time.
2: <laughs> yeah. He, Jack moves fast. We'll just say that. Um, yeah. So but, he's got his pedal to the metal. <laughs> you mean his brake pedal <laughs> to the metal because that's what we do. Yeah. So. Jack, don't drive no Prius. <laughs> But uh, no, so that, that's one I would definitely recommend. And then uh, my wife and I just finished season two of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon. And that was oh. fantastic, as was the first season that actually won the uh, I think it won the Emmy for um, best comedy show. And it, it the second season did not disappoint. So a couple of real good shows out there that uh, I've been watching this week. And moving on from a gameplay standpoint, this week I've been playing a little bit of DLC, a little bit of Horizon 4's Treasure Island DLC, and then the oh, I forgot about that. Is that good? Oh, it is as good or better than the uh, the the base game. Um, the weather is it as good as uh, Hot Wheels? You know, it, it's different. I mean, it, it's a completely different atmosphere. But you're on an island. There's frequently thunder and lightning all around you. And it's just the weather effects and the lighting are amazing. Um, They added some pretty cool new events as well. There's one it's, oh, I'm blanking on the name of it. It's basically where you start at one gate and you've got to get to the other gate as quickly as possible. Trailblazer. That's what it is. They've got trailblazer events. So you're basically driving over hills and through forests and just trying to get the lowest time possible to get from one gate to the next. So they've added some pretty cool stuff to it. It's um, definitely worth the, you know, 20 bucks or 15 bucks, whatever it is to pick it up. Highly recommend the uh, treasure Island DLC for horizon four.
0: Yeah. I'm going to have to pick that up for sure. Steve, If you, you probably haven't even downloaded. That.
1: No, I haven't, but I still haven't spent my, um, what is it? My little credit that Xbox gave me. The $5 credit? $10 credit, thank
0: you. Oh, $10. Bucks. 10 bucks. I don't know if I have spent that or even have even received it.
1: I'm going to take a little look. You know, you probably girl. did. You, you never look at your messages. I'm pretty bad at that, yeah. Yeah, you probably already have it. Don't even know about it. So I need to spend it somehow. I probably will spend
2: it on Forza. That's that's good.
1: Sorry, I didn't mean to digress. Bradley, what else?
0: Have you no, been you're
2: good, you're good. And then the last thing is the, uh, the third DLC pack for... Spider-Man dropped today, so I started playing that one this afternoon, and uh, that game's just, we'll we'll talk more about that game later today, I'm sure. We'll just leave it at that.
0: Of course. Speaking of, we have been struggling with the PS4 situation. I know you've been listening to the show over the last uh, few episodes where we're trying to get Steve set up on his (laughs) PS4 and for whatever reason like we've done everything that we think we're supposed to do. However, we still cannot get the games downloaded on his PS4 system so at this point he still has my extended hard drive that I use for my (laughs) PS4 Pro. I... I mean, I'm at a loss of what else we can possibly do because we follow the, the kind of the YouTube, this is how you do it kind of thing where like we both sign into uh, each other's PS4s and then we do the whole uh, license approval process thingy and whatever. And I don't know, I, I'm, I, I'm going to have to defer to you, Bradley, because you have it working successfully at your home. So um, maybe you can FaceTime
2: us or something. <laughs> Next on Brad's Tech Minute, how to use your PS4 home. <laughs> 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 it's just, I'm,
0: I'm really surprised because, you know, I, I'm someone who's, you know, I play games. I'm into the, the doing this sort of thing. I feel like I should be able to successfully do this. And I'm, like I said, I'm, I looked at multiple videos on YouTube. They're all showing the same directions and instructions, the process of how you do it. And for whatever reason, it's just not working. It just, it keeps looking for the extended hard drive.
2: That is bizarre. That is bizarre. All right. We can, uh, rather than spending 20 minutes on uh, trying to troubleshoot your PS4, call me, FaceTime me sometime tomorrow. We'll walk through it and, you know, get you fixed there.
0: 99 cents a minute, two minutes every minute after.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what,
0: okay. Remember that? Remember you used to call like Sega, and like like, uh, like oh, it was the one nine hundred number or something, uh-huh. and like it was like it was ninety nine cents or something for the first two or five minutes, something like that, and then it was like two dollars after yeah. every minute, and then or every people, minute after
1: that, and yeah. they have you on hold for at least the first minute, so that would be. <laughs> Up and they be like, Oh, yeah, huh, how you doing today? How's the weather out there? I'm like, no, 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 okay, uh, sewer shark, uh, I'm stuck, uh, okay, I'm right at this part, okay, let me research that for you here. And you, you can hear, hear like, them the, like the pages, like flipping, and then them typing something, yeah, yeah, I like that game, that game is fun, huh? What else are you playing? You're like, no, just give me the answer, I'm
0: gonna. You can actually hear like the, mm-hmm. the pages that were, you could tell they, they had those uh, binder clips that yeah. like you slide the, the eight, eight and a half by 11s in into to maintain the, the pages. And they had yeah. to like, actually, I remember how like they had to be really Johnny on the spot because you'd be describing to them a, like a certain part of the game that you had a problem with. So they they didn't have like the internet or any kind of wiki or anything like that. So you hear them like frantically thumbing through this huge three ring binder of swords. It's like, okay, so you're uh, you're on level five and uh,
1: <laughs> how are you doing over there? How you like a Sega? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. Anyway, we're totally off topic. Bradley, what else have you been playing? <laughs> you
2: know, that's been about it. That's been, uh, I, I jumped back in on Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I'd put that one down for a little bit, but uh, that game's amazing as well. There's so many good games out there. We'll, we'll talk about some of these as we move into the topic of the day later.
0: I will have you know that both Steve and I have purchased Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It is in our to play list, but. We, we've taken that first step to actually downloading. Well, it. <laughs> that
2: that's step one. But uh, no, you guys, I think you'll enjoy it. It is uh, Assassin's Creed has gone full Witcher. So I, I think you guys will like it. Nice. Well, on my side of things, I so this is this is a little bit
0: out of the realm of games, movies, but I went to an ice experience and I don't know if you guys have ever been to one of these things before. Now, this is not some sort of ice skating thing or anything like that. But literally, it is a it is an experience where you walk into. You, first of all, you have to put like these huge thermal coats, like these trench coat things on. And then you go into this room where it's nine degrees. And it's actually not just a room, but it's like this huge walkthrough of sorts. And it's these professionally cut sculpted ice Well, they're literally like ice sculptures and this particular theme, they went to that old um, uh, 1960s stop motion Rudolph movie kind of thing. So they went through and made all those characters like the abominable snowman and Rudolph, that sort of thing. It is amazing. All the stuff they were doing. This is not some little like amateur mamby pamby thing. Like you walk in and I was floored. They had sculptures that some of which were like 20 feet high and you can tell, like they would probably use chainsaws and other things to to sculpt these things, but also too, like they, I think they were using food coloring of sorts because some of the the ice was actually completely opaque, like you could not see through them at all, and it had like purple colors. And oh, that's and that sort that's sort of imported ice, Russ. <laughs> Import imported ice, yeah. That's <laughs> <it's> exotic ice. <laughs> But it was so cool. And of course, they had signs everywhere. Don't touch, don't touch, don't touch, don't stand.
1: It's ice from the Amazon.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's (laughs) ice from the Congo. (laughs) They don't make ice in the Congo. So it it was actually a really cool experience. And I'm sure that they probably have this thing all over the country. I would definitely recommend checking it out. I will say, though, I got cold pretty quick, as did my family. So we toward like, the last, like, third of it. We were kind of, like, power walking. Like, okay, that looks nice. <laughs> okay, let's go to the next one. <laughs> and so, um, but what a cool experience just for the holidays. I think it, I think it was a lot of fun huh. to
1: be able to check that out. That's great. Russ What have been playing. Would have been watching.
0: Well, I will tell you, Steve. <laughs> I have been doing my absolute best to try and get through Red Dead Redemption 2, specifically because... We're going through our uh, favorite games of the year mm. during this episode. Mm. However, I have not beaten that game because there is so much to be had. But I have been absolutely loving it. I've really been taking my time, as I know you have, mm. through that particular title. And so uh, well, I'll get more into that uh, a little bit later. I have played more Soul Calibur Six. And I've got to say, the the button mashing, I think my button mashing days are numbered, if not over, Steve. Really? Not because I don't enjoy the game, but because my wrist just really, it, it, it gets angry uh, when I start playing. It's only that game, I'll you know, I'll play through it. And of course, they recently dropped Nier Automata 2B guest character. Uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before. It was like the latest character that was coming into Soul Calibur 6. So I was like, oh, sweet. And so I downloaded it and I played through and was checking all the different moves and stuff. And then at the end, man, my ugh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not 20 years old anymore, Steve. It's just it's a, <laughs> it's a sad day. Brad, do you ever have anything, anything, any games like that where all of a sudden like either like your joints in your hand or like your wrist just starts to
2: get a little uh, you like, know, angry I, I you? You know, I have issues when I play PS4 games. For extended periods of time, um, it's the controller. You know that that little the controller is just so small. It's like a little baby toy. Um, you know, yeah, it's like a milk I, I bone, much prefer. Yeah. You know, I use a elite controller for the uh, for the Xbox, and you know, it's got some weight to it. It's got the right size, the right shape. You know, I feel fine. I can play for hours on an Xbox, but when I do. You know, like even this afternoon when I was playing some, uh, some Spider-Man, after a little bit, I start to feel it in my left hand, and it's like, the, the, I, I blame the controller. It's all Sony's fault. Not my age. The age has nothing to do yes. with it. <laughs> no. I'm gonna to have to start
0: inviting Steve more often over to my house just so I can watch him play these fighting games because I have Tekken Seven, Soul Calibur Six, and Injustice <laughs> Two, and I love playing the games. I love. I mean, I also love watching the the, the game be played. But man, like, I'm just I'm not sure what I'm gonna do about this whole situation. But anyway, that's neither here nor nor there.
2: Maybe try a well, uh, fight stick. Pick up a you know a full on um, fight stick, and that might make a big difference for you. Like the arcade style fighting stick with the huge buttons. Exactly. And I'm thinking even just the joystick instead of the, you know, instead of having your, your hands cramped over a small controller, um, Hori That's puts a out good some idea. pretty impressive fight sticks nowadays. I bought one for, uh, what was the game? Um, Street Fighter 4 back on the 360. And I know they've got some of those that have come forward into the new gen. Uh, so that okay. would be a good option for you that might help you on the fighting games.
0: Now, okay, I didn't catch the name of the company. Who does this? Who who creates this? Hori, H O R I. Okay. Because I, the reason I'm asking is that I remember seeing somewhere there was a, a Soul Caliber themed arcade stick, and actually, I think it had like Soul Caliber Six art assets all over it, and it had just that big joystick and it had the big buttons on there. Like I guess you could bounce it on your lap as you played, but I wasn't sure if that was the same company that provided that.
2: Yeah. They make some pretty nice ones. They've got a real arcade pro four. That's a pretty nice uh, stick out there right now. Um, So there's, there's quite a few options, but I would definitely recommend checking something like that out for the fighting games. If your hands are starting to hurt and you know, your age doesn't go down, unfortunately, and the body doesn't, heal as quickly as it, as it did when we were 20, but uh, check yeah. out the check out the joysticks.
0: I will do that. Well, that I mean, that's pretty much all I've been playing. In terms of watching, I went and saw The Grinch. I actually took the family out because it was recommended to, that we go check it out. It was actually really good. I, I was a little hesitant because it is The Grinch and the, the Grinch has been done to death. I feel like there's been like four or five movies based on, on The Grinch. But this one, of course, was done by Illumination, and the I, I have really got to give kudos to the art director and the animators, um, just just the entire staff over there because the the art direction itself in the movie is the movie is just beautiful. I was really blown away by how everything just was had a kind of a stylized realism, even though it was like a Dr. Seuss world, and also the camera work. There was a lot of really. Well thought out movements with the camera that were not just oh it goes from point A to point B, but really like it was very creative in, in their approach to being able to have the camera help emphasize certain story elements or, or plot twists that sort of thing. So uh, I, again, it's it's more of like a kids movie, but it's not so kid oriented that you can't enjoy it yourself. You know, if you're looking for something to to watch over the holidays, the one. Criticism I do have regarding the show is that I felt that um, Benedict Cumberbatch was not the best choice of the voice for the Grinch. And I am a huge Benedict Cumberbatch fan. I love him in Sherlock. I love him as Doctor Strange. Even at, uh, when he was in Star Trek, I, I, I really enjoyed a lot of what he has done. I think he's super talented, but I do think that, and again, I have, this is my theory is I think because he adopted more of an American accent and he had to combine the American accent with the Grinch kind of voice that he chose. I think that w- it just, I could, it was one of those, it, w- it would be the same thing as if I were to put on some sort of like say British accent and then you have folks from England who would listen to it and they go, no, that's not how it actually sounds. There are certain things that are missing. I would say that's the only kind of criticism I would have about the, the movie itself. So that is all I have been watching. Wow. Now, shall we segue into this week in game and movie anniversaries? Let's do it. Go right ahead, Steve.
2: Let's do it. Okay. <clears throat>
0: Do you need a little primatine over there, Steve?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I need a little, uh, a little more water. I think I drank all my water. Anyway, here we go. So this week I got a little more content uh, than I had last week. Cross my that's okay. uh, my site that's up uh, or was down last week is back up and running. So thank the good Lord for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. <clears throat> This week we'll start out with movies like we always do. Turning 15 as of December 17th, back in 2003. one of my favorite movies of all time, *Lord of the Rings*, *The Return of the King*. Mm. I was with his favorite speech, uh, or the, the yeah, what did he say, Aragorn? I see in your eyes the same fear that will take the heart of me. That was towards the end,
0: you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I do remember that. That, that was you had some good inflection in your voice there. right?
1: Yes. I could hear uh, what's his name. Strider, Schreider. That's, that's what I was called. Yeah. yeah, I was working at Best Buy at that time, and that that seemed to play endlessly on loop. And I'm like, that I, I never got old. Uh, it was seared a, into your mind, yeah. but at the same time you didn't mind, you're like, yes. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, let's see. Turning 20 as of December 18th, 1998, that would be The Prince of Egypt.
2: Oh, yes. yes. Man,
0: that was a
1: while ago. I believe that was Val Kilmer who did the voice uh, of The Prince of Egypt.
0: I think he was the voice of God, too, actually. I think I I have to M-dip that. that. There are actually
1: a ton of uh, actors in that one. Michelle Pfeiffer, I think, and uh, uh, I'm just going off the top of my head, but I think Danny Glover.
2: Danny Glover? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Sandra Bullock. Yes. That's right. That's right, Sandra Bullock. Okay. Gosh, that movie came out a while ago. It's a good movie. (laughs) Let's see what else we got here. Oh, and uh, the same day, You've Got Mail came out.
0: You've got me. Oh, man. That was with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. I think Meg Ryan, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Good old AOL. Just uh, made a movie. Uh, (laughs) That company is still around, FYI. Go ahead. Anyhow, let's see. Turning 25 as of December, let's see. 17th, 1993. What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Never saw it. I saw that. Did Did you you? see that, Brian? Oh, you're...
2: yeah, about twenty-three years ago. Yeah, exactly. It's been a long time
0: that had uh, Johnny Depp and Leonardo DiCaprio. I
2: believe that right? was the two of them together. Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was yeah. kind of Leonardo DiCaprio's big break, if you will.
1: Mm-hmm. One movie I missed last week was uh, December fifteenth, Schindler's List. So I wanted to Ooh, add that. That's uh, a big one. That's yeah. a huge one. I don't mm-hmm. know how I missed that, mm-hmm. but there we go. Turning thirty as of December sixteenth, nineteen eighty-eight. That would be Rain Man.
0: Another good one, Tom Cruise oh, wow. and uh, yep.
1: Dustin Hoffman. That's right. Let's see, uh, on December twenty-first, uh, let's see, that'll be Working Girl, and Beaches also came out. Oh, saw him thirty. Beaches was Beaches. Is that was
2: that also Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio or is that? No, you're, you're no, uh, no, no, you're that, thinking of the was, Beach. I think that was called. Okay. Yeah, no, Beaches Bet <laughs> Bette Midler and. Uh, that crew the word the is an important word it, for it is
1: if you don't have the then you're totally missing out turning 40 and having a midlife crisis <laughs> 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 uh, back on December 15th 1978 that'll be Superman the movie Russ oh <laughs> and who played uh, yeah, I remember uh, uh, Christopher Reeves Christopher Reeve. Reeve. Reeve? Yeah. Reeves. No S. Just Christopher Reeve. Reeve. People, people tend to get a little confused on that one. Good man though. Oh, my. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Also turning 40 back on December 20th. Every which way but loose. Never saw that one, but it was uh, up there on MDIB. And Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, yes. Oh, I, had to, I had to watch that for a movie appreciation course I took at JC for an Don't remember anything about the movie, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Uh, let see, turning 50, that'll be 5-0 as of December 18th, 1968. That'll be chitty-chitty-bang-bang. Bang. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's see here. Yeah, moving on to video games. I'm just gonna, like I always do, Mention the day and then everything that came out since and all the years. Okay, so December 16th, Russ. Turning 30 from 1988. Gradius 2. Oh, I remember that. Oh dude. 30 years ago.
2: Yes.
1: Turning 15, the Sims busting out. I worked on that there one. There you go. Represent. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. December 17th. Turning 30. Final Fantasy.
0: Can't remember which one was more well received. Was it Final Fantasy II or Final Fantasy 3 I think it was
1: Final Fantasy 3 was much more. What
2: well, was that? Well so was that to the Japanese two, or was that the US release, um, which was I think four in Japan, right? I don't remember. I don't. Uh, Cause the, the numbers got. goofy. Uh, I remember the. Yeah, I
1: remember, yeah. The numbers got goofy, and they got some, and we got some, and there was a gap. I remember. I don't know. Oh I dr- drunk most of the time in those days. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> drunk <laughs> drunk at six, six years, years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's see. Turning 25, we have Fire Striker. Dragon Ball Z, which was the Super Budo Den 2. Turning 20, Mobile Suit Gundam. Char's Counter Attack. Mm, it's amazing how some of these
0: franchises have been around as long as they have like i i for like for dragon ball z for instance i thought had only been around maybe the last 15 years or so but i mean it sounds like like it's been around for much longer it has that, that
1: staying power well gundam also does i have friends on facebook who are my age you're like gundam yeah get the sideshow incredible statues of gundam uh-huh. okay, anyway. Uh, let's see, December eighteenth, turning twenty-five. Dragon Warrior one and two for the Super Nintendo. I thought that was kind of cool because it was basically a remake. It was the same game, both games on one Super Nintendo cartridge with a little graphical increase. You know, mm. Kind of cool. Seeing that we're having a bunch of remakes nowadays, of course. And let's see here, uh, turning twenty. Also, back on December eighteenth, we have Mario Party. Mario Party. Yes. Yeah. Is- December twenty-first, turning twenty-five. WWF Rage in the Cage. Man. For the Sega CD. I remember the first. Uh, what is it? Sega Master
0: System. Was it Sega? Yeah, the first Sega Master System game I think I played was a kind of wrestling
1: title. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, all the little choppy movements and the real pixely folding chairs you can whack on people. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yes. All right. Well, let's segue into our topic of the day. It's going to be a big one. For those of you who can't see, Steve has resorted to holding out his headphones when that song comes on. (laughs) I care about my my hearing, what can I say? (laughs) Oh, I don't know if you, did you listen to last week's episode, Brad? I did, I did. Okay, did you notice that the the song was actually just a little bit more epic than normal? No, I did not notice All that work, (laughs) all that work for nothing. Yeah, I I, I intentionally uh, tried to make it even more epic than possible, but perhaps it just got lost in the epicness that it already possesses. Anyway, <laughs> our topic of the day is our favorite games of the year. Oh. I know that last week we were talking about how we were going to do both games and movies. However, as I mentioned earlier in the program, uh, both Steve and I have quite a few movies that we have yet to see, and I just I don't want to do you guys out there as well as ourselves a disservice by saying, oh, I think these are the best movies of the year when we haven't seen, like, ten
1: movies. (laughs) I heard this was really awesome, therefore it makes number nine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But we thought it'd be fun to be able to split this up, so this week we're going to be focusing on the games, and then uh, the following week we'll be focusing on the movies. So, what we're going to do is... Uh, uh, I'm really excited to be able to have Brad here with us just because he is uh, just a a monster when it comes to playing games. He has every system. I think he has. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has every system. And he has multiple versions of every system in his house. And he just really makes it a point to just make sure that he gets his hands on just about every game that comes out there. So he is a a walking encyclopedia of sorts when it comes to a lot of these different types of games. Um, actually, before we dive into that, I was curious to ask you, Brad, I know that last year we were talking about what your Xbox gamer score was, which was very impressive. You had met your goal, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I did.
2: Uh, what, what is it now? So, you know, I think I, I hit my goal last year of hitting 200,000 gamer score by the end of the year. This year I spent a lot more time on the PS4 this year than I traditionally do. Uh, there were a couple, fantastic okay. ps4 games that you know we'll be talking about in the next 20 minutes or so here uh i want to say i'm sitting about 208 uh, 208 209 on gamer score right now so in that ballpark it's been you know i, okay. I always try to do a thousand points a month that's always my my goal but uh games like god of war and spider-man you know, took me off the xbox for a month here and there so not as much as as prior years but Still a respectable score, I believe.
0: Oh, absolutely! Just just having—I mean, if you're if you're able to garner a thousand points per month, I, I think if I garner a hundred a month, I'm happy. <laughs> so that no, that, that that's that's super cool. So what we're gonna do is a round robin of sorts, where each of us will take turns talking about our top five games of the year. And we're going to start with number five and then work our way up to number one. And number one is going to be our favorite game of the year. And we're doing things a little bit differently than what you would expect. Like if you went to IGN, for instance, they just have what the 2018 game of the year is. And I think they kind of took a a voting of sorts among all the different folks who work there. Since we don't really have the capacity at this point in time to be able to play everything, we can't really accurately give that type of thing. So we decided to change up a little bit and actually talk about what, based on the games we played this year, what are our favorite games that we have played? So we're going to start with Steve. He's going to talk about his uh, number five ranked game and then we'll go to Brad and then myself and We'll be able to kind of work our way around as we make our way up to number one. So, Steve. Yep. What did you choose as your number five pick for your, for your favorite, uh, well, not favorite game of the year, but number five pick of the year, and why?
1: Well, my number five, my number cinco, is Sea of Thieves. Ah! Had to make the list uh, because we've played so much of it. We, that's like our main Twitch Title, mm-hmm. but we we I, I have problems with it, but I we still keep going back to it. So it's a it's a nice place to be, which is going to be kind of a common theme with me, I guess, uh, with this list because video games for me are a nice escape from uh, from life, you know, a de stressor uh, a relax, relaxing place to be. So Sea of Thieves gives you the environment, the water, just, you know, the, the stars in the sky and plush colors. And everything's beautiful about the game. And it, it's a very non-toxic environment. Probably the the least toxic game that I've probably ever played, to be honest. Because there, there's nothing that really gets your your adrenaline pumping enough to be like, son of a biscuit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you talk like that. I don't know what came over me. So, <laughs> yeah. so anyhow, that's my number five. Um, yeah, just a really happy place to be. Everyone who I've played with made a lot of friends on that game. Probably the most friends that I've I've made. Sure. Besides Overwatch, have been on Thieves. Uh, very, very nice. How about you, Bradley? Number five for
0: you is what and why.
2: Yeah, no, I I actually struggled more with number five than I did with any of the other spots on my uh, on my list. But I landed at number five on Rockstar's Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, oh,
0: Red Dead Redemption 2 for number five.
2: Uh, you know, it, it barely made my top five. You, you and I have talked, uh, obviously not on the podcast. I have finished the game. I'm going to avoid all spoilers here, but uh, let me just do a PSA and say, hey, if you're playing Red Dead Redemption 2, at the end of chapter six, turn the game off and pretend that's the ending. Don't play the Ooh. epilogue. It ruins the game. Um, so there you go. Ooh. There's my my two cents. <laughs> but I so there's number five because go ahead. Well, I was going to say, but still
0: the fact that you placed it as number five out of all the games you played during the year, clearly there are certain um, qualities about the game that you did really enjoy.
2: Absolutely. Rockstar created a beautiful, all-encompassing world. The world they created was beyond my wildest dream, uh, any wildest dream I could have. I had a blast just being a cowboy, you know, being out there hunting, fishing, exploring. Um, the game has its faults, which is why it's, you know, I, I think five for this game is probably a lot lower than it's going to be for a couple other folks on this podcast and a lot of people out there. But there are some uh, some faults within the game that, that kind of brought it down a little bit for me. But the world they created, the engine they created. The playground they created was just amazing. And there were moments of just pure brilliance as I was running around the world as Arthur Morgan and just being a cowboy out camping and having a good time. Um, But ultimately, the story for me brought it from what would have been a one or a two down to a five or a six. And that's where I landed on it. So great game. (coughs) Excuse me. Highly recommend that people play it. But uh, again, just stop after chapter six and at some point, Russell, you and I need to do a spoiler filled discussion of this game once you finish it. And we can really dig in on what my uh, what my concerns were, what I thought maybe Rockstar screwed up with on this game that took it from being that perfect 10 down to like an eight and a half in my book.
0: Yeah, it'd be fun to be able to have uh, an in-depth spoiler version of, of um, especially like, like I know Steve is probably, no, you're now behind where I am in the game. So once we're able to all like actually get through the game, I'd be very curious to just hear what each other has to say about this sort of thing. So uh, I think that's in the cards. Maybe like uh, next month. <laughs> so for me, um, yeah, no, it is. it is a very big game. Um, I have to agree with Steve. My number five pick is, in fact, Sea of Thieves. And FYI, we did not cross-reference our notes on this. But for me, uh, the Sea of Thieves was a game that we played a lot this year. It it was it was a fascinating adventure because here was a game that by and large, was not complete when it got launched. You can tell that Microsoft really pressured Rare to just boot this thing out because they needed something to come out during that quarter. But at the same time, it's a huge testament to Rare's ability to build a core foundation that is absolutely just fun to play. It's a blast to be in. And so just being able to to, to have a, a new type of adventure where you're on the high seas... The art direction, of course, has that typical rare charm to it. It's real fun to look at everything. And they I think what they were able to do, which was kind of at the core of this whole thing, was they it was kind of a social game of sorts where you could have a bunch of friends come together and then based on taking those trips across the sea to these different islands and whatnot, you could just mess around with your friends. You can talk with your friends, find out like how their days were or whatever. The, a lot of the gameplay elements in the game did not force you as a gamer to have to actually really focus and not be able to chat. And I think that that really added into this, this world of sorts. And of course, Rare has been adding to the, the world over this past year with a lot of different DLC drops. And we've talked multiple times on the show about how the game itself when it comes to these DLCs it's not like like the game was complete to begin with it was almost like now it's finally at a point where there's there's enough stuff going on and that this is kind of where the game should have been when it was launched in the first place so it's 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 been i think a lesson that's been learned But at the same time, it's just such an addicting game to play. And it's a game that, out of all the games I have on my Xbox, I tend to just go to that one quite a bit. And especially when it comes to friends who want to play just any kind of game. We say, hey, you want to get together? You want to play? What do you want to play? Sea of Thieves is just one of those go-to titles. So, there you go. We're we're one for one on that Hmm. one, Steve. Now, moving on to number four. Steve, what is your
1: number four pick? My fourth pick is... Forza Horizon 4. Oh. oh! So, the reason why that game is not higher on the list is basically, I think it was my own fault. I kind of shot myself in the foot. You know? <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's gonna hurt. <laughs> so, that I played. <laughs> that piggy ain't getting up. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think. I mean, I played Forza Horizon 3. I mean, I just played and played and played and played and played. And so when Forza Horizon 4 came out, I just didn't see a whole lot that was different uh, enough for me to rank it higher on on my list. It's still beautiful. It's still fun. Uh, There there was some, some graphic tweaks and You know, the whole thing with the weather, I think, was cool. But at the same time, you know, winter we both didn't like because if you compared the winter in Forza Horizon 4 to, like, the winter DLC, you know, Snow Mountain, or or, excuse me, Blizzard Mountain in Mm -hmm. Forza Horizon. I mean, Blizzard Mountain was awesome. It, It had a rush to it. This is just like, I slide all over the place, and there's some snowfall, and it's not really fun. So, um but that's not to say that there wasn't cool elements. I mean, I love driving all over Britain. They've increased the sound effects, that the graphics are more crisp, um, you know, a whole different look to the to the game itself. You know, I like the beaches and the houses and, you know, different kind of a venue. So they did, you know, do their best. And I, I love the Forza Horizon series as a, a driving game. I'm really, I've played a lot of the driving games growing up as a kid and they all kind of started to get to be the same. Sure. And now this is like my staple. This is my go-to and uh, so this this list wasn't gonna happen without that game. Ooh. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that's why it's kind of ranked um, a little bit lower.
2: Now, did you Very feel cool. Bradley number four? Oh, oh sorry, sorry. Go ahead. about Horizon Four. Did you guys feel like it uh, maybe took a step back from three when it came to progression, loot boxes, wheel spins? I mean, that that was. I'll tell you, Horizon Four was one of the games I debated at number five because I love the game. I love the Horizon series. But ultimately, as I sat down and started thinking about it, I felt like, you know, there there wasn't much of a progression. And three, it felt like you were progressing along, building new uh, Horizon Festival sites. There was just kind of that always that carrot, you know, at the end of the stick that you were chasing. And man, there is nothing more frustrating in Horizon 4 than getting a super wheel spin and you spin it mm-hmm. and then it's you got a skirt you got some mittens you got a hat and you got some mittens yeah and it's like really that you're,
1: that you're, ne- you're never gonna you're never gonna see it until your character wins a race and does right. an emote that's uh that's all I mean, you know right and say.
2: i mean i that's a very good I, point i put 60 hours into the game i've never once changed an emote or an outfit or a horn no, nope. or any—it's just it is what nope. it is. I don't care, you know. I want cars. I want money. But uh, yep, yeah, beautiful game. Yep. I agree with you. But that—that that ultimately was what actually knocked it off my list. Was you know, I, I felt like some of the the design decisions that they made kind of made me go, yeah, not sure that's the direction I want the game to go. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I,
0: I cannot stand it when I get one of those super wheel spins where there's not just one <laughs> right. slot. There are three slots, yeah, and I don't get one single car, which yeah. is the whole purpose of why I bought this game in the first place—is to race lots of cool cars. And instead, like you said, oh, you get like a, you get a little emoji, you get a dance routine, and uh, you get like a skirt, and you're like, oh, well, that was just a
1: waste. <laughs> what about give me some nice piece of, you know, customization I can do to my car so my car looks different than yeah. you know, the million other online players' car of the of the same model right. I have, you know?
2: So. Funny, Definitely. just uh, yeah, just wanted to chat a little bit about that. But uh, my number four oh, is yeah. a game I mentioned a little bit earlier today, and it is Marvel's Spider-Man for the PlayStation Four. I loved that game. I thought it was fantastic. I um, got a chance to play it at Comic Con a couple months before it came out and immediately fell in love with just swinging, swinging around the city. There, there's nothing like feeling like you're actually Spider-Man, and you're swinging around, and you're zipping around uh, buildings, and you, know, you hear a crime in the distance, and you run over and you save a guy who's trapped under a car. Um, I thought that game was just fantastic. I thought the story was great. I actually thought the story and the game rivaled any of the last five or six movies that have come out. Uh, I felt like the villains were well handled. I thought there were some twists that I did not expect. And I know Steve, you just started it, so we won't go into any spoiler territory there, but I- I'm 26% through. <laughs> you're you're a baby. You're just getting started, but- uh, no, Marvels. I've collected nearly every backpack <laughs> oh, I the can backpacks. find. Backpacks. I mean, that's it, it was the stupid little things <laughs> like the backpacks where it was just so cool to go find it and then it's got some, you know, something that ties back to old Spider-Man lore. And it, it just the little fan service pieces they put in like that were fantastic. The suits they've got in there um, you know, it got repetitive. I felt like towards the end. I mean, it's a very, very good game, but uh, the battles and some of the street fights, if you will, started to feel about the same. But it was great. It was so well done. I cannot wait to see what Insomniac does next with uh, with that engine that they built for Spider-Man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's. Oh, yeah, I oh, I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. You know? Are you gonna maybe talk about that one later, Russ? <laughs> Maybe! Uh, number four for me, Steve, we
0: are two for two. Oh. Number four, I also picked Forza Horizon. Oh, you guys Quadrant. cheated. And so <laughs> No, I'm telling you, we have not we have not talked about this at all. We it's so
1: funny. I've avoided Russ like the plague all week, actually. You avoid me like the plague anyway. I was busy being romantic. Okay.
2: <laughs> Somehow the plague makes you think okay. about romance. So anyway. Okay. Yeah, you know,
1: I'm... creativity.
0: <laughs> anyway, before I completely lose my train of thought, Forza Horizon Four. So, uh, so with Forza Horizon Four, I agree. I think that it was it was a lot of it was a lot of fun to play. I knew that going into it, just because when I first started playing the Horizon series, with Forza Horizon Three, I was absolutely blown away by the experience of racing around in Australia. And hearing about how Playground Games was making their their next place in uh, Britain, I was really looking forward to that as well because I I for one have never been um, to anywhere in the UK. And I think I was talking to you, Brad, about this, but... I think one of the neat things about this title is how they choose different countries with each sequel that they come out with, and for someone like myself, who I don't get the chance to be able to go out and travel as much as I would like to, there are an absolute ton of countries out there that I would love to visit. But what's nice is that the the combination of having the hardware get more mature and be able to produce more realistic experiences along with this idea of racing these exotic cars and being able to kind of go a little bit more off the rails, so to speak, it's always just a, a wonderful experience to be able to go through and see, yeah, like, they actually take the time to replicate a lot of what you would see. Like, if you went onto like, Google Maps, for instance, you could spot, oh, yeah, here's where that section is or whatever. It's, it's not a, a fantasy-oriented track of sorts. And so that was always a, a big attraction to me that I found appealing about the game. And... I, I mean, I liked how they, they made little subtle improvements here and there. I think one of the, the biggest challenges for them, though, was that because Forza Horizon 3 was so well done, even their DLC, like, like the Hot Wheels thing, for instance, was just genius. How do you top that? And even to Steve's point, like with, with Blizzard Mountain, for instance, the snow for, in, in Forza Horizon 4 is not nearly as fun as what Blizzard Mountain was. And Blizzard Mountain actually was one of the, the fictional areas of the game itself. It was something that, that the game designers decided to have fun with and create this, this oh, here's this Blizzard Mountain that uh, exists in our game. For Horizon 4, however, there was just, I, I really do like how they're continuing to push the envelope in terms of, of the graphics fidelity. All of the cars are just handled so well. I do really like how they're they're continuing with this idea of there being kind of this coordinator of sorts that talks to you. You have your, your events and that sort of thing. But I also agree with Brad that I do miss not having a sense of progression when you can actually go and build other sites that you can drive toward. And then like, as you advance your career, you're able to earn more funds, which then cause you to be able to like actually upgrade those different places, like your headquarters or like the, the other, I'll call them outposts. And I, I, I'm sure they have a, an official name for it, but I wouldn't like to see that return in horizon five just because I have I don't know. It's kind of a a conflict of sorts because in Horizon 4, they've introduced this idea of being able to purchase homes, which act as kind of almost like a fast travel of sorts. Like if you know that, oh, there are a bunch of events over in this area of the map, I'll just park my car at this particular home. And I'd like that. I really do like the idea of being able to purchase homes, but I, I would like there to be a combination of sorts where the the actual event itself continues to expand. And as you gain notoriety and you gain more funds, then there's more expansions going on and that sort of thing. But that's kind of a nitpick because as a whole, the game is so well done. All the cars handle very uniquely. There's just, and the, the, the sound has been improved. So it's much more authentic. I, I mean, I just, uh, again, it's really difficult to be able to, find any kind of fault or major fault with the game because it is so well polished so that is my number four now steve yeah
1: i'm curious since we're two for two what is your number three pick well ross this is, might be where we defer mm. i chose number three as a way out Oh. A way out. Yes. Uh, and that might raise a few eyebrows. I don't know, Russ. But uh, I think the reason I put this game as number three is because it was thinking outside the box, in a sense. Yes, the graphics aren't very good, and that's going to be evident. But they created the game like solely for a modern two-player game that you can do together on the couch, that you can do together... No, know, one 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 on one, not one on one, but I mean, together remotely in a sense, and play this very well drawn out narrative, and I I don't know I the way they the whole the whole game is just designed with the story I kind of fell in love with it, and it's fun playing with you and it's fun like how one of the characters is kind of like you and one of the characters is kind of like short and bearded like me you know <laughs> yeah <it's, laughs> it is
0: kind of. Uh... I don't know what you call it. Coincidental or uncanny. Yeah.
1: And then, you know, it is a little bit linear, but, uh, you know, they, they you're, you're supposed to look around and explore and, and just try and see what works. And sometimes you need someone to help you out, even though it's moving some light piece of sheet metal that could be lifted by a 10 year old. But anyway, uh, you know, <laughs> it's the <laughs> team, uh, thing. It's the team spirit. It's the team spirit. The team spirit. Yes. So anyhow, sportsmanship. I mean, we saw it on E3, uh um, yeah. Last year, we, we both kind of thought, hey, yeah, that'd be a game for the both of us to play. And then when we started playing, maybe I like it more than you. I don't know. But that was my number three. No, Taking a creative leap, you know.
0: Well, and one of the things I really appreciate was how that was an independent game. That was a game that EA had discovered. And we both loved, I can't remember, unfortunately, I can't remember the, the guy's name. Right, the, the person who kind of runs that, that independent studio. Was briefly interviewed, and we loved his Passionate. candid passion and and just how he was throwing his all into this. And we haven't even even fully beaten the game. I know we're we're really far into it, but yeah, it's that that is for sure a unique title.
1: Right,
2: Bradley, number
0: three for you. What number is it?
2: Three for me as a game. I don't think either one of I know neither one of you have played Life is Strange Two, Episode One. Um, So the Life is Strange series is by far one of my favorite current series that's uh, that's ongoing in the video game world. They tell stories, don't nod, tell stories better than anybody else who's out there. Um, Absolutely amazing. Some of the characters they've created, the stories they've told, just these are, you know, adventure games basically or click you know almost point and click type adventure games like you know like the old king's quest if you will that that style or you know that that in that vein and they launched life is strange 2 earlier this year tells a story about a couple of brothers who get involved in a situation where they have to go on the run and it is it is you know like an old like like we were talking about with pixar movies earlier it pulls at the heartstrings and it tells a story with memorable characters that I just want to see where this adventure takes them. So, fantastic. I would highly recommend anybody who likes stories and video games, go play Life is Strange 1, then play the uh, Before the Storm, and then hop into Life is Strange 2 from there. Um, I, I absolutely love these these games in this series. So, that is my number three, and you guys are probably and which consoles are at each sport? other going what is that game? I don't know what that is. I've never played that. So anyway, there you go. <laughs> I've heard you talk
0: about yeah. that game in the past and, um, which consoles are everything? They? Is,
2: is it for everything? So Xbox, PlayStation four okay. windows. Yeah. You name it. You can play it on any, uh, any of the major consoles that are out there.
0: And it's a point-and-click well, it, adventure? Well, it's not
2: really point-and-click, but it's in that vein. So, you know, you're controlling characters, you're okay. you're running around, you're, you know, talking to people, you're trying to figure things out, you're trying to get somewhere. Um, you know, it's kind of the evolution of what I, you know, when I think of what point-and-click games are today, this is really what it is. Um, you know, so it's full, you know, three-dimensional worlds, that whole thing. But, uh, you know, you're just, you're going around hearing a story and, kind of playing out what's happening to these particular characters so fantastic game series
0: nice so number three for me is let me guess what god of war no oh you are incorrect okay it's spider man so what was it? What was your number three yours was way out yes sir and you're okay okay okay, okay. So, we're no longer simpatico. Go <laughs> ahead. So, uh, number three for me was Spider-Man. I was looking forward to this title for a long time. It, it's, I got excited about it the first time I had seen it be revealed at E3. And I've been chomping at the bit ever since to want to get my hands on it. Hoping that it was going to actually be as fun to play as it was beautiful on screen. And it was amazing to be able to play the game and realize, wow, the gameplay mechanics are in fact just as like, high on the quality bar as the visuals themselves. So this is a, a title that I think, it's one of those titles I think because 2018 has been such a banner year for gaming, it, it's, it really is amazing. I, I was thinking about how 2017, Steve and I were talking about how that was probably one of the best years that we've had, if not for a long time, if I think ever, where you just had just a sheer number of AAA quality titles coming out. And 2018, I think, has beaten 2017 in terms of just how many games that you have to play are out. And so when it comes to Spider-Man, I think that the reason why I said that was because I think that if you were to have other years in the past where you didn't have nearly as as many titles that were coming out, they're just absolutely amazing. I think it would have been my my top choice, and I think it's just it's it's just the sign of the times, which is very good for the gamer to be able to look at that. But Spider-Man for me was such a love letter to the franchise itself. I think that that the storyline itself both of you guys know, I'm a huge story guy. I think that there was a period of time there where there weren't as many story-driven games that were coming out and there was kind of a dialogue going among the the gamers in the the community where people were wondering if if story-driven titles were on their way out and that there would be uh, more of this kind of online-only experience that you jump in and you, you play with other players. And I'm I'm just so happy and relieved to see so many titles come out this year that are very story centric, and man, what a great story this is told. And Steve, of course, you know he's still playing through it, so I'm gonna I'm not gonna say anything, give any spoilers or anything like that. But the relationships that Peter Parker has with all these different characters that he comes across in the game, the like what you. Uh, talked about Bradley with the game mechanic of actually web slinging through Manhattan is uh, it, that was one of the, the pillars where I'm thinking to myself before I started to play the game they have got to nail that because that is such a quintessential Spider-Man thing and of course you could tell that they've really put a lot of time and effort into making sure that that feels right and it really does the the progression systems are all very natural the um, the graphics of course too Man, like it had its own unique style and flair to it. I really enjoyed it a lot. I will say that if I had to have any kind of criticism regarding the game itself, I felt as though there were echoes back to the Arkham series, just in terms of the the battle mechanics. I think that there, there are some borrowed elements from that. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, just because Rocksteady has done such a marvelous job of creating that kind of crowd combat mechanic of sorts. And so it's nice to see that, that it's it's kind of being adopted into that. I know Insomniac hates it when people make that comparison, but really it's it's kind of a, a compliment of sorts just because um, the Arkham series is such a, a phenomenal series into itself. But yeah, Spider-Man from, from beginning to end, I loved it. It, it was literally like I, as I was playing the game, I could see this being a movie. Yep. And that is very high praise when you think about how this is... a um, a game that, that just, you had a storyteller of sorts who works in the game industry, not necessarily in Hollywood. I would be curious to find out if the folks who wrote the story behind the game originally came from Hollywood because it was just, it was so well paced. Um, but anyway, I could go on and on about that, but I will refrain
1: because we have a lot games to talk about. So, Steve! Yes? What is your number two pick? Spider-Man for the PS4, Russ. Oh, number two. Uh, let's talk about it some more. <laughs> That's fine by well, me. Get away from it at all. Uh well. My number two is Spider-Man for the PS4. Okay, we're gonna talk about it again, <laughs> Russ. You thought it was done. Brad thought it was done. It ain't done. That's that. perfectly fine. I could talk about this game for a while. It ain't, it ain't done till the bearded boys sing. You know what I mean, So yeah, no, I'm like I said before, I'm about a quarter of a way through, and I, I was, I'm, 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 I wasn't skeptical. I'm not gonna say I'm skeptical, but I, I had to put Red Dead on the shelf, which I did not want to do. I'll tell you about that in a, <laughs> in a little bit. Uh, so I didn't want to do that, but I did, and so I started playing Spider Man, and it was awesome. And you know, I'd get home from work and thinking, okay, maybe I should continue the story. Maybe I'll do, you know, beat up a couple baddies. And I'm tired from the day, whatever, whatnot. And then I would start web-slinging around and going as fast as I could, not just through the buildings, but kind of whipping, you know, left and right, seeing how fast I could go and how high. And so, yeah, no, it's, it's really fun. I love the, the, the dynamic between, you know, Peter Parker and Mary Jane, um, you know, Doc Ock, of course. Uh, my my criticisms are a little bit different I mean I I think I said on a couple podcasts ago that some of the facial like graphic stuff on a few of the characters like it seems to leave something to be desired you know and other characters look completely amazing like Peter Parker himself. Peter Parker's they nailed it. Whoever the voice actor I haven't even looked it up yet but I mean the the kid nails it. The guy nails it. Um, My other criticism like if you're falling 200 feet and then you don't shoot a web out to catch anything all he does is like just do a somersault on the floor and stand <laughs> yeah, right back out that's and like, true Yeah. Mm, no probably not there's no not. penalty for that yeah. right so I mean at least with you know Batman Arkham Knight or whatever at least Batman would you know flow out his cape to kind sure. of catch himself I would think Spider-Man would kind of throw some spider netting or whatever yeah. I don't know anyhow so that's kind funny. but anyhow I love looking out at the cityscapes and watching all the light reflect off the windows. And I love people going, hey, Spider-Man, hey, you, you, you know, you my kid, sure. you saw my kid the other day. You know, I, I love all that stuff. The real atmosphere, you know, the sky and the clouds. And it it does make you feel like Spider-Man, which I can't say that's, you know, the case with other Spider-Man games that I've played. And uh, yeah, it is, compl- you know, really close to... I, to the Batman games, but like, as you said, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't know. It fits a little bit better with the Spider-Man game because of his spider sense. You know, Batman doesn't really have a spider right. sense. They just need that's a little, little like, you know, okay, this person's going to hit you. Try and counterattack sort of thing. So it works better in that sense with, with Spider-Man. I will say the controls for me are a little bit harder to get uh, get used to. I like At least with uh, the moves, like the punching, the kicking, and and trying to, you know, fly down on a, on a web sling and kick somebody, but that's just probably me. Anyhow, um, yeah, besides the other games that I mentioned, that was one that I, that stuck through me throughout the course of my workday where I couldn't wait to come home and play it. That's high praise, too,
0: just because impressive. you're not very far yeah, into impressive. the game, and you have placed that at number two on your list. Indeed. Wow. <laughs> high praise. All right, Brad, what is your number two pick?
2: Number two, for me, was God of War. Oh, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed God of War. Um, I have played every God of War, going all the way back to the original. Uh, God, was it PlayStation One or no? It would have been PS Two. Was the first time we met Kratos. Um, and this game just wow um uh, the the voice acting the environment the action um the story i mean everything about it was just amazing uh you know it, from starting the game with the the superhero battle if you will i mean i've i've never played anything like that in a game right um, it felt like you know, a true epic superhero battle where these two behemoths are just going back and forth. And then just watching the relationship between uh, Kratos and Atreus um, grow. And, you know, having played all the prior God of War games, knowing Kratos's history and you know, there's just so much to this game to love, and uh, even after I finished it, Steve, I know you just started, so you know light spoilers here. But you know, finding that just some of the the Easter eggs that they hid in the game, where you know your wife, whose ashes you're trying to get all the way up to the the highest peak through the entire game. You know, how she almost marked a path for you and a lot of the gold painted stuff matches up to the the trees that she had marked in the beginning. Mm. Um, just little things like that, I mean, Sony Santa Monica did such an amazing job with that game. Um, I was cautious going into it, I mean, it, it looked like, you know, because you know, the prior God of War games weren't very deep, you know, they were fine, they were button mashy action games, but. Uh, you know, they really took the single player story to a new level with this one. And um, I, I debated really hard putting this at number one on my list. And, you know, quite frankly, it can be tied with the game I did choose as number one um, memorable soundtrack. I mean, it, this game was just it, it was it was damn near perfection. I mean, it is that good. So that is that is my take on God of War and. I have a feeling we'll be talking more about it in a few minutes with uh, with you, Mister Perkins.
1: Yeah, I, if I were to say a comment, I, one thing I, I do appreciate about the game so far is that you know, being 30s, excuse me, 37 years old, and in this age where you know you're you're getting married, you're having a family, you're having kids, you know, you do whatever. We're getting older as gamers, and there's games for. A lot of the younger kids, but not necessarily with what we are going through in our life. Sure. You know, and so seeing Kratos, and I know nothing about the history, but seeing him with his kid and just right there, I think that could be something that I, as an older gamer, can identify with. So that story is directed like at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not trying to be cool. They're not trying to be hip. They're not throwing you know all this kind of lingo at me. They're just telling a pure story, and I can really appreciate that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely a more, more mature story than what you get out of a lot of games. nowadays.
0: Well, Brad, you and I are simpatico with number two because I have picked God of War as my number two. And just what Steve was talking about, I completely agree. I think that one of the most strongest aspects to this game is how they decided to take more of an intimate approach to really not just the storytelling of like the relationship between Kratos and Atreus, but also just the way that they, they kind of explore the level design. Because you are really, you are visiting and revisiting all the same areas and they take kind of a a super metroid approach of sorts where as you gain more abilities you have different parts of these places you've already visited become available to you and one of the things i think is is so cool is is just like right to steve's point for me having a four-year-old i have gone through finally like just just kind of the the beginnings of parenthood. I know Brad, um, his kids are now um, just about ready to graduate high school, so he has a, a wealth of, of um, child rearing, as it were, but I think that, that was that is really cool of Sony Santa Monica to be able to go through and do this, is, is, to, is to approach it in such a way where I definitely think that that was a factor in their decision making of hey, we have an aging gaming community that are in their 40s now, some of which are maybe even older, 50s, 40, 30s, 40s, 50s. A lot of us are parents, and how can we mature Kratos into someone who has bit more depth? And this is coming from someone who has not played the other God of War titles. I've always been curious to try a God of War title out because I've been at friends' houses who did have it, and it was just such an epic game. Every time, it was just this cinematic memorable moment um, that would just happen over and over and over again. And so I finally was able to, to take a stab at it. And, and you know, it's funny because I'm so glad that I actually had not played the older God of War titles, that this was actually my first foray into it because, the the amount of depth when it comes to the the relationship is so rewarding and of course one of the biggest um milestones of this game is the fact that there are no loading screens it is a continuous game from start to finish that's a huge achievement in game creation as it's just it doesn't matter what platform you are on. And having worked in the gaming industry, I mean that's something that you constantly have to worry about is you have to load in assets and you have to to unload other assets and how on earth did they were did they figure that out in the background so that no matter where you are, it's just this continuous playthrough experience and i mean i'm sure brad can attest to this and to use uh to steve to a certain extent because you play a little bit of it it's amazing how you just you just keep playing like there is no break as to what you're doing and it's amazing how you don't realize how much of, a, of an effect that break has on your playing experience until they take it away and you're like wow like i just you mean i well, I keep going and it's just. That mood and, and immersion factor
2: is intact. It remains intact So, uh
0: Were you going to say something, Brad? It sounds like you're chomping at the no, bit. No,
2: not at all. I'm just <laughs> kind of nodding along with you here. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, the loading screen, a couple other games have pulled that off. Some of the recent Tomb Raider games have pulled off, uh, you know, huge open worlds with no loading screens. But uh, God of War, it, it really is. It's almost a single tracking shot, you know, if you think almost in movie or TV terms, right? Where the camera is just following you the entire time, and it never cuts away. And you're 100% right, Russ. The the action never stops. You know, you never get a break as Kratos from when this game starts to when it ends. And you know, at, at the end they give you a nice uh, to get the true ending. And this isn't spoiling anything. You know, you've got to go lay down and go to bed. And I thought that was very symbolic of yeah. um You know, the the adventure you've been on and the journey you've been on in God of War.
0: Yeah, it was so well thought out in terms of the journey that these two go on and the plot twists that occur. Again, I'm not going to get into spoiler territory about this, but there are some extremely gratifying plot twists that, man, normally you would only experience this sort of thing perhaps in comic books. But it is it is so well written and I love the dialogue, I love watching the progression of the relationship between Kratos and um, Atreus. The graphics, I didn't even start talking about the graphics, it is such a benchmark in terms of the graphics fidelity that you see. And it goes back to what I was talking about earlier about how this is a, a well thought out approach to game design where, you have a finite amount of areas that you can explore. And as a result, your art department just goes bananas on those areas because they don't have to worry about having to create all these other environments or enemies or, you know, whatever it is. They can just continue to polish these areas that you're going to revisit over and over and over again, and it never got old. And I think that's that's one of the, the elements of the secret sauce that is God of War is that It's, you know, when you come back to it, it's like, oh, I'm back here again. Boo hoo. There was never any of that. And I think that that's also a strong testament to just how well made this game is. And of course it was, I mean, it was hard because during the the first half of the year for me, God of War really was game of the year for me because of all of the, the, just the different things that we've been talking about at this point in time, if I had to think of anything I could um, critique about it, you know, one of the things that, that bothered me was that Kratos can't jump. <laughs> and it's the, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it sounds silly, there, yeah. but I mean, the man is a fighter. The man is a melee expert, and especially because he's this this god, he's he's able to have these amazing feats that normal humans are not capable of. And I'm thinking, man, I want to, like, jump, like, 10 feet in the air and come smashing down with my axe. Why can't I do that? And it's just, <laughs> it's the funniest thing how I cannot jump. Oh, this rock comes up to my knees. Up, oh, got to find another path. Okay. <laughs> And so that would be something that I would hope. In fact, actually, let me let me stop right there. Brad, in the previous God of War were. titles, I, I, were you
2: able to jump? I'm trying to remember. No, I don't think you could jump in any of the God of War games. Okay. Um, that never bothered me. I, I don't know. I, I felt Bad like news. the action, you know, <laughs> it's so dynamic and so energetic already. I, I don't know. I never thought twice about that. No,
0: it was a lot of fun. Made it all the way through. I'm actually planning, once I can get my hard drive returned to me, <laughs> I'm, I'm planning on actually, because I played the, through the first run on the normal PS4, and now that I have a PS4 Pro, I'd like to be able to see just what the, the difference is with the, the graphics. But, I mean, such a masterpiece, visually speaking, of, of, of just how all the characters looked and the environments. And like you said, Brad, too, the, the soundtrack is also just such this this grand affair and, and the, like I said just so well done I can't wait to see what they come up with with the, the sequels and I know that, that there have been places like the, the 2018 game Awards they gave it game of the year IGN also I believe gave God of War game of the Year and so it's definitely getting getting its its, its proper accolades for sure <laughs> but anyway I'll stop right there. It's hard. Like, the higher up we go, as we get closer to number one, like, we we start to gush a bit more and more and geek out on things. Steve. Yeah, Ross. It is time. For number one. Absolutely. What is... Your number one pick. And I, I have a feeling I know what it is. Oh, yeah, I know, oh you know,
1: I know. Is,
2: really. Clash of Clans. Oh, Brad,
1: yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the winter updates, my game of the year. Oh, man. It's Christmas all about the tree. <laughs> it's all about the snow. Oh, boy. Collecting them. Yeah. No. Russ, it's uh, Brad. I'm not done with the game yet, but... I have played enough of Red Dead Redemption that it is my number one pick. When I finished the last game, it was epic. And I even had another friend who thought that the game was done finish it, and he was blown away, and he thought I have to play this whole game all over again. And so I, I, like a lot of the community, had been looking forward to this game coming up. And I even was like, okay, stop working on Grand Theft Auto so you could start working on, like, just give me a Red Dead. And it was on, like, Donkey Kong when that game came out. I put it in, you know, you you finished installing it, I finished installing it, like, probably 10 minutes later. You're like, it's on, don't talk to me. (laughs) Um, But it just seems like they had spent a lot of tlc granted i am taking my sweet time i've said it before i've said it a couple times i'm i'm hardly even like fast trotting through the game i'm just looking at everything i'm trying to do everything uh, as slow as i can because i love playing the game and i love being in that environment and it just i don't know it just seems like this team at rockstar played and played and played and group thought group thought group thought of what else can we do to make it cool what else would other people expect there to be in the game and like for example you 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 you're traveling from like valentine to Rhodes, and all of a sudden like you know you have some different plants you have different colored dirt the dirt's just not brown everywhere or it's not just gray everywhere uh because different parts that of the land that you traverse to well the dirt's different color or, like, for example, if the air is cold at nighttime or, you know, the temperature goes down, you can see the breath of the horse, like, you know, in, 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 um, what is that? Was it condensed? What? When, when you, when you breathe, when you breathe out, uh, hot air and cold air. Oh, the condensation. Condensation. <laughs> That's what I'm, gosh, I'm like, it's not, I know it's not condensed. I'm like, what's the word? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, even with, like, the breathing of the animals, you can hear it. Um, I mean, all all that stuff. If the animal gets dirty or, you know, needs to be fed or... I mean, I would... People were talking about how there was too much of that in the game. And I thought, there's not enough. I I love all that stuff in this game. Granted, I'm I'm like almost done with Chapter 4. And so I'm probably in the heart of the goodness, but... I mean, I love all the sound effects. When you're walking on gravel, it sounds like gravel. When you walk on wood, if it's just one plank on a railroad track, it sounds different than if you're on a small bridge, than if you're on a bridge that's supposed to support an entire train. Uh, I mean, they did—they thought about a lot of this stuff. The gun sounds have impact. I mean, some of the best gun sounds I've had. And, of course, being a Western cowboy game, you'd expect there to be some old you know, Winchester sounds and, and guns, and there is. Um, I love the way all the horses look at there is a lot of details about the game that are just fantastic. And so many personalities, so many voice talents, um, you know, taking care of your, of your gang and, and playing an instrument at the, at the campfire, or telling a story, or venting off to your frustrations, or even sometimes if you're winding up like in town, there'll be like uncle, for example, who's gotten arrested because he's drank too much. Mm. You know, but you won't know that until you just start exploring. Like, there's such a reward for exploring. Um I mean, it's almost as if they went out west or somewhere like in, in in Montana and just like gridded the entire place because you could you could horse ride and horse ride and horse ride, and there's just tons of stuff of beauty, just pure beauty to see. Like they they TLC every little inch of the game. So I I can appreciate. Pretty much 100% of it so far. Yes, the weather has some problems where, like, all of a sudden in two seconds, oh, it's daytime. Or all of a sudden, like, oh, that storm really went away kind of fast. Is there, a, like, <laughs> some really...
0: <laughs> but that's pretty typical, though, just considering how they, they, they'll they fast forward the the time of day and the weather effects and stuff, just because
1: <laughs> not so much do you have 24 hours a day to be able to play the games. So True. Like, yeah. But, I mean... You would see some like fast progression of like the night, you know. For example, in Sea of Thieves, you'll see some pretty good progression of sure. how the time transpires. But usually, it'd be like from six in the morning, the sun will start to come up, and all of a sudden, it will just be up. Or like you know, at seven o'clock, it'll almost seem like in two seconds, it'll be 10 o'clock, mm. you know. Uh, other times, and I don't, this probably, I don't know if it's happened to you, but there would be times in the game where it just completely slowed down, at least for me, where it was one frame a second or two frames at most per second. I thought, what is going on? But even on a regular Xbox, not even on an Xbox One, it looks phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Well, there you have it, folks. Steve's number one pick, Red Dead Redemption 2.
0: Bradley!
2: I'm curious huh. to know what your number one pick is going to be. <laughs> You're going to have to go back a few months if you remember some conversations and a game that I I raved about all summer my number one game of 2018 is dead cells i yes i bought that i'll have you know system though i actually i would be curious to know how it plays on the switch (laughs) it is no game has captured my attention the way the dead cells did and it's kind of a roguelike where you know you've got one life you run through and when you die you're Resurrected, and you're all the way back at the beginning of the game. You've lost uh, lost a bunch of stuff, and you just kind of start over. And every time you get just a little bit stronger, you make it just a little bit further. And I I can't. I mean, it takes me back to my childhood where it was like, one more game. I just need one more game. I've got this one. Um, Dead Cells to me also had some of the best action. Um, just controls. The controls were so tight and so precise and they feel good. When you've got a good run going in Dead Cells and you've found the right bow and you've got the right sword and you've just got a perfect loadout and you're like, I've got it. I've got it. I'm going to make it that much further. I'm going to make it through one more boss. I've got it this time. And it just gives you that feeling of accomplishment as you're going through, and it feels great as you're doing it. Um, so I, I cannot rave about the game enough. Um, you know, certainly it doesn't look like a Red Dead Redemption 2 or an Assassin's Creed Odyssey or Forza Horizon 4, but, uh, you know, it's stylized in its own way. Um, the enemies are fantastic. It, it's just. Um, I cannot say enough good about the the game Dead Cells. If you haven't played it, play it, jump in, have some fun, you know, get uh, get comfortable because you're going to be there for a while. Um, It is, uh, it's fantastic. That is my number one game of the year. Number one from
0: Brad is Dead Cells. And yeah, I, I may end up buying it for Xbox. I do have it for the Switch. I have just started playing it as <laughs> I have <laughs> so many other titles I'm trying to make my way through. But I may end up, if,
2: if you really do, I, I guess you haven't actually played it on no, the Switch No, I right? haven't. And my thing with the Switch is the controller is just not as, it's not as tight, you know? I, typically when I play the Switch, I'm yeah. playing it in uh, in handheld mode. So I've got the, you know, the Joy-Cons connected to the side and it's just it nothing is as precise or it's not nearly as precise as playing it on an xbox one with a you know even a standard xbox one controller um so i don't know i actually you know what that'll be my that'll be my homework for the week i'll buy it tonight and play it on the switch for a bit and i'll let you know let you know this weekend or next week what i think kind of from a comparison standpoint
0: yeah, no, that'd be awesome because I, like I said, you have been giving that title a lot of yeah. high praise, and if it's as good as, as you say it is, I would not mind having it for both systems anyway.
2: Because I don't think it's really—is it like thirty say, bucks? If that, Twenty bucks, thirty bucks? I mean, it's something in that range. Highly affordable. How about that? Yeah. All right.
0: There you go. All right. Well, it is no surprise here that the number one, and once again, Steve, you and I are. It's about to go.
1: Imano, Imano. mano
0: When it comes to my number one pick, my number one pick for 2018 is also Red Dead Redemption 2. And I have made it, I'm currently midway through Chapter 6, so I'm very much through the majority of the game. I have yet to go through the epilogue of sorts. But this is a title, you know, first of all, I, I before I jump into this. I just have to reiterate that this year was very difficult to be able to choose which game I wanted to have as my favorite title simply because there have been so many titles that have come out this year. And even when we were talking about going from just because originally we were just going to talk about what our favorite game was. We decided we're going to do our top five. There are several titles that didn't make the list of number five that I still really do enjoy playing. Throughout the year, but just for whatever reason, I, I had to kind of whittle away at that the list. And be like, nah, I going to put this here, put that there. So, anyway, Red Dead Redemption Two is a title I have been looking forward to for a very long time. Basically, when I finished playing Red Dead Redemption, I was all about getting into a sequel. What I find very interesting about Red Dead is the the way that they have approached the story, when you're playing Red Dead Redemption, it's actually a story that takes place after the events of Red Dead Redemption 2. And Rockstar decided they wanted to, to have more of a prequel of sorts that shows how John Marston got to where he was at the beginning of Red Dead Redemption. And then, if you recall, when you're playing through Red Dead Redemption, he's working with the government to try and hunt down these Remnants of this really well-known, notorious gang. But as you're going through the the title, you don't really know who these characters are. You're just kind of, you hear about, oh, this is so-and-so, and I heard last he was over here, and you eventually catch up to them, and you're able to have some kind of dialogue going back and forth where you realize that these characters have a history with each other, but you don't know at the time just what that history entailed. And so I think it was a brilliant move on Rockstar's part to be able to go back and say, you know what, let's let's for the sequel have a prequel and let's examine kind of the, the, the fall from grace, so to speak, where like you you see both kind of the, their golden years as a gang where we're like they're, they're together, they have it, but then you start to see the conflict begin to brew within the, the, the camp and with the, the different characters. And I thought it was also a daring move for them to not stick with John Marston because the gamers had been so used to using John Marston as their go-to character. I know for me, I was very excited to be able to continue playing as John Marston. And so when the news broke that, no, you would not be playing as John Marston, we have this other character called Arthur Morgan, who you're going to be playing as. I kind of balked at that because I was thinking, no, I want my John Marston and that risk that rockstar took totally paid off because now i actually prefer playing as arthur morgan more so than i do john marston i still really like john marston as a character but but playing as arthur morgan for some reason just really i mean i have absolutely loved every second being able to go through this journey with him and i think It's a no-brainer when you look at the graphics. This game has been in development now for, I think, eight years, and it is amazing how the sheer scope of this game has been maintained across the board. When you look at the sheer graphics fidelity, the audio quality, I mean, just everything is such at a high bar. And, you know, when when I compare it to something like God of War, for instance, which was my number two pick, I talk about how th- one of the unique qualities of God of War was their ability to create a world that was smaller in scope because then it allowed them to have more of this intimate... It played more into kind of the intimate dynamics of that game. Red Dead Redemption is the opposite of that in the sense where they have made this huge, sprawling world that you can traverse in freely. It's completely open world and you're going through these different types of geographical locations, you're seeing different types of wildlife. I mean, they have 30 species of fish that you can catch in this game. So the, the world itself is, is it just, it's so well thought out and I have got to say that the sweet spot for me is actually not pu- like kind of pushing through the main story just to see what happens next. I actually have been really rewarded with going through and being a cowboy on my own. And it makes me excited to try out the online component, which I have not done yet. I've not tried that out yet. But being able to play as Arthur Morgan and just be kind of a master of my own, uh, where I can just do what I want to do, be able to pace myself and just really take in the environment, that right there is very much a, a sweet spot for me. And it makes me excited just to see what happens in the future for us as gamers, because as the next generation of systems come out and we get sequels to these titles as well as new titles that they are currently working on and and have in development, It's a very exciting time to be a gamer, just because looking at, I mean, for instance, like you look at Horizon Zero Dawn, that that, that was my favorite game of 2017. It bared a lot of the same type of qualities that Red Dead does in the terms of just, I mean, the world is so huge and they were able to maintain that quality bar throughout the game. There was never a point where I was like, oh, well, they kind of skimped here or there, that sort of thing. And it's just moving forward, it's amazing to see just what we're gonna be able to experience. And with Red Dead Redemption, I think that, again, to be fair, I haven't played through the epilogue, and there has been um, some controversy with various friends um, who have echoed your same sentiments, Brad, where, like, they haven't told me straight up what happens, but there are certain things that are going on where, like, they didn't like the direction of the story and that sort of thing. Um, and so I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens during the epilogue portion itself, but up until like where I've been playing, it has been such a a phenomenal experience. I can't recommend the game enough. I think that it is uh, just, it's, it's one of those benchmarks that other games in the future will be kind of compared against. And, um, Man, I could just go on and on about that. But I do, I do think it's a good idea that when we're all through with the game, we should come to back together and have a, a spoiler episode where we actually drill down and talk about things that we like and things we don't like. What is really funny, too, is that Arthur Morgan cannot jump. <laughs> He can he 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 can traverse the environment like if you go over to a fence you can uh, get him to climb over that fence but he he doesn't jump and so it's it's kind of funny it doesn't bother me as much though because this is more of a cowboy western and, and, and seeing someone jump like that is not as realistic um, as opposed to having some Greek god that should be able to jump ten feet into the air but it's it's just kind of funny because I I did think about that too like well yeah you can't do that either but it didn't bother me uh, nearly as as much as the other titles so. Anyway, lots of really high quality titles that have been listed on this episode. I want to definitely want to thank Brad for for coming on and being able to share um, some of his favorite titles that he played over the this past year. Oh, yeah. We definitely want to have him come back for our favorite movies of the year. And man, the, the, this, these are the kind of conversations I just love listening to, and I love being a part of because it's it's just it's part of what Joygasm. Is which is just geeking out about things that you just absolutely love to
1: experience. So
0: that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week for the 2018 Joygasm Movie Awards. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out Patreon.com/joygasm and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show. Not to mention, it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud.com slash Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. Merry Christmas, everyone.
2: We'll see you next week.